I do not take kindly to folks ruining my already shaky reputation in this town. Considering the fact that I'm a half-orc, folks are already suspicious of me. And whatever created that there body double of me, they're going to be sorry when I get them. Out here in the wild, you come across a lot of unseaworthy dangerous people. It comes with the territory. And I reckon soon enough, the boys and I will come across some of those unsavory people. And when we do, we'll damn sure be ready for them. Just you wait. Falk did something weird to my boots during the night. Yeah, so that was something that we do, uh, that we did need to talk about. Um, so, Falk, you, uh, you ended up staying up fairly late tinkering with uh, Tom's boots. And so, what I am going to go ahead and do, um, why doesn't everybody give me a perception check? Including me? Yes, sir. Uh, 17 plus 1, 18. Okay. <laughs> Six. <laughs> All right. So, Tom, you're laying in, in your bunk, and you feel something prod you in the ribs. <clears throat> what was that? And you... You open your eyes and you see the deep, dark pupils of the man in black, his wide, black-brimmed hat casting a slight shadow. It looks like somebody may have lit a, lit an oil lamp or something like that, because there's some sort of a light that's that's emanating from somewhere in the room, but you're not quite awake enough to quite tell where it's coming from. I jump when I see him, and then I rub my face. Whoa. What's going on? Greetings, Thomas! It is good to finally meet you! What the fuck? I am quiet. <laughs> emissary for Ernie, his voice and his love. I'm gonna create a new NPC that's a different guitar player. <laughs> 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 because I hate you so much right now. <laughs> oh, what are you, fuck. What are you doing in my room? <laughs> it's a joke, right? It's a joke. <laughs> this is not a joke. Fucking <laughs> oh, <you know>. hell. <clears throat> I have been tasked to come and present you with a gift. This is not canon. I'm not... (laughs) What gift? (laughs) Uh, So, we're going to take a quick time out just so I can uh, say 
I have been planning this ever since we introduced the guitar playing character, ever since the fucking poll for Hard Wyatt. I have been trying to come up with the most ridiculous and horrifying voice that I can possibly manage. And ladies and gentlemen, this, this is Hard Wyatt. Emissary of Ernie. <laughs> I hate you so much. So you went with the <laughs> priest doing the marriage from uh from the Princess Bride? <laughs> no, he exactly. went with the aliens from Galaxy Quest. <laughs> <laughs> you know um, I was gonna you know I was gonna write songs in this guy's voice, right? Oh, I mean just because Well that should this be very natural. You got take my blood <laughs> 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 hey man just because you have a weird voice doesn't mean you don't have a nice singing voice i'm creating a new fucking npc you can have this one <laughs> we could have had johnny cash and he sounds like uh what's a jar jar what species is his gungan. he's a gungan yeah he, yeah that voice sounds like a gungan to me um and you see the this this man pulls a uh a black revolver with gold inlays in it and it's got a white handle to it with um the symbol of Ernie etched into it and he says take this revolver it will allow you to meet out Ernie's fury <laughs> oh my hell <laughs> I take it. <laughs> the fact that <laughs> the fact that this has brought out so much despondence in you. <laughs> I hate it because you did to me what I have been joking about this entire series to you. <laughs> like <laughs> From President Superman to introducing Hawaii mosquitoes, and now you've ruined my NPC with a terrible <laughs> voice. I mean, you do control all of the post editing, and so you could very easily make that just dub over you. Annoying, I'm sure. <laughs> I was kind of, I kind of anticipated that you might do that. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, if you don't uh, if you don't have anything else that you want to to say to Hard Wyatt, what the hell? Of course I do. Like, what is he doing in my room, handing me a gun? <laughs> Does he have any gold plates? Oh, hold on, what? What? I don't understand what's going on. Why are you giving me this rifle? This? Why are you giving me this handgun? I am the emissary of Ernie. You will now be his fury. I've got to be dreaming. All right. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'll be his fury. What the hell time is it anyway? You, you kind of look around, and it's very hard to tell just because of how much light is is seeming to pour out of nowhere from behind this man. And so, like, you're getting kind of that effect where uh, it looks like it's pitch black outside, 
but it could be very early morning and the sun could be coming up, but it's hard to tell at this moment. You can actually see Falk's uh, sleeping form, and he seems undisturbed by this at all, even though this guy is basically screaming. <laughs> I'm pretty convinced that this is some sort of weird dream or hallucination at this point. Although admittedly strangely vivid. He just kind of stares at you. <laughs> Do you need anything else? He kind of looks around for a second and uh, shakes his head no. Are you going to be around if I have any further questions? Which I'm sure I will. I will, but not, not in the way that you are thinking. But no, Ernie's always watching. His love will protect you. <laughs> Don't be fucked, dude. And right then and there, uh, he kind of explodes in um, in that ash that you've uh, seen before, and uh, is gone. And if you would like. You can continue to sleep, or you can startle awake, whichever you prefer. You know what? I am going to write songs in his voice, and you're going to regret this decision <laughs> that you made. <laughs> so after he disappears, uh, Falk kind of, um, he doesn't like move at all, but he just starts talking, and he says, Tom, if you wouldn't mind, could you be the emissary of Ernie in the fucking goddamn morning? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to bother you. Go back to sleep. You don't see any revolver around or anything like that. You you kind of actually do wonder if maybe you just ate something bad last night or what exactly um, what exactly just went on. This is right now. The guy just disappeared, and I look down, and the revolver's gone. No, um, so. You chose to wake up instead of continuing to sleep. Like you shot up out of your out of your sleep right then and there, okay, for the second so... time, basically. Gotcha. Raging boner. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> That's just human biology. <laughs> Is that what they told you at homeschool? <laughs> but yeah, you're awake. You're covered in a cold sweat. Um. And you're looking around everywhere, and the only thing that seems kind of out of place is your boots are on top of your trunk instead of being inside of it. All things considered, I don't give that much of my attention. Fair. Well, I don't think I'm going to be going back to sleep after that mess, so I get up and... uh put my boots on and whatever else I need to. <laughs> I don't know what state of undress I was in, but I get dressed and I head out the door and head downstairs. Okay. Um, it's still really early in the morning. And so there is nobody down there at all. Um, the bar is completely empty. There's a couple of uh, oil lamps that are still lit to kind of make it, uh, Make it so that you're not going to just be crashing into things when you're going out to the outhouse or anything like that. There's nobody down there, as previously stated. What would you like to do? Uh, do I know how to make coffee? You uh, you can find um, the pot next to the hearth 
Um, after a little bit of digging behind the, at behind the counter, you can find some coffee grounds and, uh, you do have to go out to the well and get some water. It would appear though. Nobody seems to have refilled, uh, the water yet this morning. Okay. I'm just going to set out to do that. And then my plan is to just sit down and read the book of Ernie for a while. Okay. So you, um, you go out and you lower you lower the bucket down into the well and you bring up some of the water and dump it into the pitcher that you grabbed from inside of the tavern. And when you head, when you start heading back, give me a perception check. Uh, 17. Um, you can hear the faint sounds of somebody picking a guitar coming from inside of the, uh, inside of the crossing house. I'm going to peer in through the door. I'm not going to walk right in. Okay, so you're you peek in the window and you can see the man in black is he's currently just picking a very light tune on uh, his guitar. Um, I check my waist, my hips, around my holsters and stuff. The gun's not anywhere, right? Nope, it's your normal uh, your normal uh, iron pistol that normally is sitting in your uh, in your holster. I'm going back in. <clears throat> Does he acknowledge me? Yeah, he tips his hat, like stops picking for a second and tips his hat towards you. I frown at him. Coffee. Yes, please. I guess I'm going to make us some coffee. <laughs> you, you see that roller coaster that you just went on there, there, Brian? That's called your so, DM fucking with you because all you do is fuck with him. <laughs> so... So he only has a weird voice in the spirit realm. <laughs> Maybe you don't know. Well, I'll make him some damn coffee. He doesn't really say much. He just kind of keeps playing, uh, keeps playing that slow picking song, um, and doesn't doesn't sing or anything like that. He just kind of hums along with it. And when you finally get done with it, he nods again at you and stops playing and sets his guitar next to him and grabs the cup of coffee and pulls out his cigar box and offers you one. <laughs> I have... Sure, I'll take one. Um, I'm going to sit down next to him and I say, Would you care if I asked you something? It may be a bit of an unusual question. Shoot. What do you know about people <clears throat> disappearing in a cloud of ash? Well, some folk just ain't of this world. Hmm. <laughs> Take a loud slurp from my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Any idea when uh, the crowd starts bustling in this town? Well, normally, Polly will start getting things going in a couple hours here. But we won't get the the miners until shift change. You ever have weird dreams? He uh he just says that'll happen. Well. <laughs> uh I've got some reading to do. <clears throat> I set my empty cup down, or I just down the rest of my coffee and it's scalding my throat. <laughs> I just <laughs> Stand up and head back upstairs to my room. Okay. 
you do so without incident. Um, is there anything that you want to do in your room, or are you just waiting for everybody else to wake up now? Uh, mostly I was trying to avoid the social awkwardness. Gotcha. I'm just going to jump into bed and, and, uh, and read my book. All right. Um, so after a couple of hours, you hear um, Boris and, and Igmet start to stir in the room next door. And Boris immediately, uh, you see Boris, uh, Igmet, you see him immediately start to uh, get dressed and, you know, he straps on his shotgun and all that good stuff. And then uh, when he gets done, he kind of looks at you and goes, well, how do I look? You look fine. I, I like you in normal clothes, not that foreigner garb you got. He kind of laughs and uh, and says, well, I'm going to go downstairs and order us some breakfast. Yeah. All righty. Uh, order me some. I'll be down in a minute. And he nods at you and uh, he heads out. Is there anything that you want to do? Do you want to go and uh, see if Tom and Falk are up or do you just want to go downstairs? Uh, I just want to make sure all my equipment is on me and mm-hmm. um, I'll, I'll knock on their door. Uh, and uh, I'll holler into him. Uh, you up yet, city boys? <clears throat> I'm up. No Falk? Oh, uh, well, uh, I'll, I'll be right down. I'm going to sleep for another hour. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I get up. I'm going to get up and go down with Eggman. Right. Okay. You guys head down and... Uh, you immediately notice, um, Tom, that the man in black is gone, but um, there are the normal uh, couple of miners that are sitting at the bar, and they're drinking, and uh, and Polly has, uh, has what looks to be maybe a porridge going over the hearth, um, but you guys can smell it emanating throughout the, uh, the entire uh, lower floor, just that sweet smell of honey. And she uh, looks at you guys and says, Morning! Morning, ma'am. And she, uh, like, motions over towards the, uh, towards the hearth and just says, Help yourselves! I do so. And I'll just sit down at any random table. I sit down next to Boris. I'm assuming he's down there, right? Yeah, he, uh, he's sitting, he's sitting next to, uh, next to Tom. Okay. He just Shit grabbed the table kind of next to where the where the swinging doors are in the front of the tavern. Sleep well. Yeah, but the, the bed is too soft. You know, I, I'm not used to this life of luxury. Hmm. Must be torture for you. <laughs> we, should, uh, <laughs> we should head down to the mines today. Yeah, we can do that. I'll be curious to check out that mysterious statue. Well, it's quite a ride out there, but I'm sure you'll find something. Hey, what happened with you fellas last night? I came in and you were gone, and uh, I didn't quite get the story on that one. Well, there's some kind of magic round that can, I think, make whoever it is look like you because I saw this fella and he looked just like me 
and we chased him down to the mansion and then he just done up and disappeared I have no idea but I'm sure Falk will be able to explain it better than I can let's say there was somebody who could take on people's images why would they take on yours I don't know unless they want a scapegoat maybe everyone's suspicious of the orc why don't you both why don't you specifically Igmit roll me an intelligence check oh wow seven yeah your explanation uh, seems pretty logical that uh, they're probably looking for a scapegoat (laughs) (laughs) you've been around this town before right Oh, plenty of times. Plenty of times. Any enemies? Anybody who would be trying to frame you for anything or give you a bad reputation, perhaps? Well, there's Joe Moore and his gang of scoundrels. What the fuck is that real? (laughs) That is super real. That is 100% real. Shout out to Patreon uh, patron uh, Joe Moore. That's canon, my friends. Um, uh, let's see. Besides him, I don't know of anyone that despises me in particular. Um, but I am half orc, half human, so nobody is particularly fond of me. Do you know much about the elves? Oh, well, (coughs) they're a greedy bunch, like to keep to themselves. They got a fancy caravan, and they're very territorial. You see them around here much? Oh, not not too often. There's a half-elf boy uh, that a human family adopted, but besides that, they rarely ever come in. Very peculiar. Well, we talked to Mr. Fillmore. Um, maybe we can... Talk to the deputy before we leave for the mine. I wouldn't mind speaking with the gunsmith as well and seeing what he has. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a mighty fine gunsmith. <clears throat> Go down there right after breakfast. Oh, Once... he's, a, he's a friend of yours? <laughs> I wouldn't say he's a friend, but... You know. <laughs> uh, Um, we're just waiting on Sleeping Beauty up there. Man, these city people. As soon as you say that, I walk down the stairs. (laughs) (sighs) Speak of the beauty. All right, guys, let's, uh, let's get going. You up last night with Aubrey? With Audrey? (laughs) What's your name? Andrea. Andrea. Allison? Allison, Ashley, Ainsley, <laughs> what is even going on right now? <laughs> Just a bunch oh. of miners are shouting out names that start with A. <laughs> <laughs> Absidy. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh. I think we should talk to the gunsmith and then uh, fall. Yeah, there's you no wanna- time for that. Let's get going. Alrighty. Hold on, I gotta go by the staples uh the stables um to to grab uh to grab Donnie and then uh, I'll meet right back up with you. Oh you love that ass way too much, boy. 
<laughs> what can I say? I'm an ass man. <laughs> we would like to apologize to Tim's wife. <laughs> what? <laughs> For beating our asses to chip. <laughs> she was definitely not a fan of how many times we decided to make ass jokes the last time that there were donkeys featured. So... <laughs> Love you, honey. You just gotta admit, like, for people not clued into that joke, they're like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so I go and grab Donnie. Alright, so what do you guys want to do while uh, Falk is going to the stables, then? Oh, yeah, I want to run to the gunsmith real quick. Okay. Can Boars ride a horse? I just want to make sure of that. Oh, yeah, he probably rides a horse better than everybody but you. Okay, all right, then I'll just stay at the crossing house uh, until they're back from their errands. Okay. So, Tom, you uh, you start walking across the town square, and there are... People are starting to wake up and, you know, do their morning chores. Like, a lot of people are heading towards the well and uh, filling up a bunch of uh, pitchers and buckets and stuff with water for the day and things like that, and... Uh, Basically, as soon as you arrive um, outside of Portnoy's gunsmithing, uh, you see the old man is opening up the door and turning his sign from closed to open. And uh, he walks with a cane and very slowly and carefully. Um, but uh, he, he still holds the door open for you when he sees you walking up to the door. The first thing I do is check it. This is I, I look to see that this is a bald man, right? Oh yeah, he's he's got sparse amounts of hair on the top of his head. I approach him. Shoosty Schuster, I presume. I'm sorry, lad, what uh what are you talking about there? My fellow chosy chosy chosen one. Oh yes, uh I'm familiar with what you're talking about now. I figured you might be. That nuisance. Mind if I ask you some questions about him? I guess if you must. While I do, could you show me around your shop? Yeah, he, um... He kind of points, and there's a lot of, uh... Just very standard, fair firearms that, you know, he'll have, uh... Ten or so of them, like your, your, um... Your repeating rifles, and your bolt-action rifles and your scatter guns and just your standard revolvers. But then he's got a glass counter that has uh, that has four um, weapons below the glass, and they all have runes kind of etched into them, and they kind of glow faintly. Um, and you can, ju- you can tell just by looking at them that... Uh, that those four are definitely magical. What have you got in the way of long range? Well, I mean... Three to four hundred yards, perhaps. Further, if you have it. I mean, the bolt actions are incredibly accurate, but uh, you'd have to go to the general store to buy a scope for it. Mm. Could I get a price on those? Um, So a bolt action rifle will cost you... That'll be 50 gold pieces. Tell me about these in the case over here. Well, it depends on what you're interested in. And uh, there are... So there is a pistol 
there's actually two different pistols in there. There's uh, two different revolvers. One of them is uh, is glowing with like a like a blue uh, haze around it, and it almost seems as though there's like a slight mist that's rolling off of the weapon itself. And then the one right next to it is instead like a like a red um, like glow that's about it. And the gun is just mildly obscured um, behind what what you only think could be intense heat. Like, it, you know, when you've looked out into the desert before and you can just see, you know, the waves that the heat will make in, in your vision. Right. It seems like something like that is happening around this pistol. And then there is a rifle that... Uh, has some sort of an enchantment on it, but it's not glowing any colors. And then the shotgun um, has a bunch of runes etched up and down um, its barrel. It's a it's a double-barreled shotgun, and it's glowing like a purplish color. Tell me about this rifle here. Well, you see, this uh, this here rifle it uh, it'll it'll reach out and touch something from much further than uh, than your average rifle would do. I put a, put an enchantment in, uh, on it that uh, prevents the bullet from dropping as fast. Intriguing. Anything else? That's all that one does. But it's also the cheapest of the lot. And um, you can actually see that there are um, small handwritten tags on each of the uh, on each of the weapons, and this one reads five thousand gold pieces. Hefty. Hmm. Yeah, well, they only go up in price from there. Let me get one of your standard rifles there on the wall. And then tell me about your experience with the nuisance. He uh, he goes and he grabs one of the bolt actions uh, off, of the, off of the gun rack from... He just grabs a random one out of the middle, and uh, it doesn't seem any different or anything like that from any of the other rifles that were next to it. And... Uh, he says, you're going to be carrying it out, or should I uh, wrap it up for you? Does it come with a holster or a sling or anything? He uh, he pulls out a very standard fare brown leather sling and slaps it down on the counter and says, it can come with a sling. That should do nicely. I'll take it out. And he says, so maybe a year or so ago, um, this creature made its way into town didn't seem like much of a threat or nothing at first. I'm not one for just uh, just shooting at things before I know what uh, what its intentions are, but I have a hard time trusting things that look as evil and unnatural as that thing did. It was a nuisance, a bit of a pain in me arse, but for a long time it went about its business and got a bit into yours, but nothing that was a problem. How long? Maybe six months, less, give or take. I heard about the incident with the blacksmith. Aye. It was after that that I started uh, shooting at the ground around him to scare him off. Did he give any indication as to why he was here in town? He said that he was looking for a chosen, a choosy chosen as, <laughs> well, <laughs> you so aptly described. Did he ever offer you any, well, 
They're cards. They almost resemble playing cards. Do you remember anything of that nature? He kind of looks off into the corner and scratches his chin for a second. And he tugs on his uh, white mustache and says, I can't think of... No, sir, I cannot think of anything like that. Believe me, you would have remembered. Although I'm a bit surprised, you being the choosy chosen one. He offered them to me almost immediately. Hmm. Did he do nothing in particular in favor of you, or offer you anything, or treat you differently than the others? He kept trying to tell me that I, didn't, that I needed to come down to some cave in the, in the canyons, but I'm an old man. I can't just be going out on an adventure like that. Did he ever tell you a saying about a river and a stream? Do you remember anything about that? Something about crossing them, yeah? How about fire breathers? So that also sounds a wee bit familiar. But none of it made any sense to you? Nothing that the nuisance ever uh, brought up was ever useful or even particularly interesting, sir. Well, another dead end, I suppose. My appreciation for the gun. And if you ever have any trouble with it, bring it right back and I'll repair it for you. Much obliged. I hand him 50 gold pieces. He uh, shakes your hand and then drops the gold pieces into a lockbox. Off I go then. As you are walking out of the store, you see a very pretty red-haired woman. Um, She basically, like, goes right past you as you're walking out of the store, and she starts to... uh, talk to the man behind the counter in in a very familiar fashion. Obviously, she catches my attention, but I just kind of shrug it off and keep on walking back to the tavern. Okay. That's where you are then, and I am going to then cut to Falk, who is heading towards the Winslow stables. I wasn't planning on taking a whole lot of time with this, but uh, like after I pick up Donnie, um, is it possible to you know, check in with the, um, the deputy and, um, see if, uh, if, uh, Kellen Winslow had woken up. You go to the stables and you kind of knock on the door, um, and nobody answers and you spend probably 15 or 20 minutes just searching the grounds to see if you can find track or his mom and you can't. And so you just grab Donnie from the stable and assume that it'll be okay and uh head towards the uh and you head towards the jail all right i uh leave a note with a few silver pieces uh there on the desk okay um and when you get to the jail though you can see through the window as you're as you're riding up with donnie that uh that there are a couple people that are sleeping in um some of the waiting area because you know it's all one room so it's not like a waiting room specifically but Mm -hmm. There's a couple of chairs for waiting, and it looks like Trek and his mom are both sleeping there. Oh, okay. And um, can I see inside from there to see if uh, Winslow is still asleep? Yeah, he looks to be uh, he looks to be supine on his uh, bunk. All right, and um, can I see is uh, Portnoy in there? Uh, yeah, he is. Uh, he's sleeping like he's got his hat resting over his uh, face and he's got his legs kicked up on the desk. 
all right, if he's sleeping, then uh, I, I just kind of walk on past and I'll catch back up with him later then. You, as you're kind of, as you kind of spur on Donnie before he really starts to take a, a couple of good steps, Portnoy lifts up his hat and kind of make eye, makes eye contact with you for a second, like through the window. Oh, okay. I, I kind of just uh, give him just the, you know, real quick, like kind of two finger wave salute sort of thing and then and then ride off he uh he tips his hat and then puts it back over his eyes all right let's get going into the wild country yeah so uh falk arrives back at the tavern and so if you guys are ready to head out into the into the wild we can absolutely do that yes sir igma Yes, uh-huh. we're headed down to the mines, awesome. right? Is that what you said? I I th- I thought that's what you guys wanted to go do, but you guys wanted to go to the new mine, right? Not the uh, not the old mine. I want because you guys to want to go to where the statue is. That's where I want to head. Yeah, that's the new mine. All right. Yeah, <laughs> to speak to Travis Kelsey. Yep. Who? All right. <laughs> the foreman. Oh, don't remember that name. It was what uh, Fillmore told us. Sometimes, Brian, I feel like you should not uh, out yourself to how bad your notes are. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows. Everybody would assume. Well, uh, while we're heading out there, just uh, make sure to keep an eye out for that uh, the elf that uh, Elma Elm told us about. Elf? Yeah, the, he said there's one always kind of looming in the shadows just outside the town. Hold on, I need to put that in my notes as well. <laughs> <laughs> what was with the adventure you had last night? Uh, Igma tells me there was a shapeshifter of some sort that took on people's appearances. I mean, from what we can gather, that's what it was. But for all I know, it was <laughs> it was our buddy's twin. Ain't that right, Igma? I don't know. No twin. You got a brother but... you're not telling us about? <laughs> I'd be up to my daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Who is your father? Oh, well, I don't rightly know. Some, some orc, uh, he, uh, forced himself on a human woman, and I'm the unfortunate product of said arrangement. I bet it's the chief, you know, that's how these things always end up going. (laughs) (laughs) Pardon me if this is a very personal question, but do you have any idea what you would do if you encountered your father? Oh, I don't know. Depends on how many orcs he had with him. But if it was just me and him, I think I'd talk to him and then force my scattergun down his throat. (laughs) Jeez. <laughs> what if it was a brother? But what would he be doing in town? I don't know. I don't have many ties with the Rock Guts anymore. Uh, they never claim me as their own, but maybe they're trying to have a spy around the town after this altercation and disruption of burial grounds. It's all very peculiar. Say, how far down is it to the mines, anyway? Oh, um, I I suspect 
half a day's ride. Half a day? Uh huh. How can they manage to put in a full day's work and get home? Do they work multiple days at a time? Do they sleep down at the mines? Oh, he want he he works mighty mighty hard. He's got a small camp for those miners. Um, I I suspect in time, once he's continued developing it, he'll build some bunk houses out there. But for now, they just sleep out under the stars. It's a wonder Mr. Fillmore had any time for women on the side. <laughs> Have you been down to these mines before? I've passed them, but uh, I, I haven't been down in there. Uh, but I do know where the site is. So. Have you all seen salt flats before? Can't say I have. We'll be crossing the salt flats for four hours or so, and we best have lots of water on us as we go. Um, and then we'll come to to more canyon lands, and that's where the mine is. Half a day's ride. Wouldn't you imagine there would be risk of bandits carrying loads of wealth from a mine to your small town? Oh, plenty. I don't believe so. I mean, like, you know, that would be kind of far-fetched, wouldn't it? A half a day's ride out in the wilderness outside of the town out here in the in the Wild West. There's, there's probably, like, no chance of there being any sort of, you know, <laughs> crazy encounter like that. I cast Detect Sarcasm. <laughs> um... Why don't you go ahead and roll a d20 for me? <laughs> okay. I got a 14. I got a 17. Yeah, that's pretty sarcastic. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Actually, that seems like the most sincere sentence that you've ever uh, heard in your entire life. <laughs> mm, I suppose what? you're right. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> so I, I uh, like. I also take out my uh, pistol and I switch out the, the rounds that are inside it with my nice little bright red ones so i'm saying so you guys already filled up your canteens while you guys are talking you guys are currently traveling and so no worries like you guys can just keep doing what you're doing for a little while and once you run out i'll i'll interject with some stuff so tom uh how did you do that thing with your voice last night that was pretty pretty weird you'd have your normal voice and then all of a sudden you'd get all like you know high pitched and truncated and, uh, yeah, you kept on going on about the, the emissary of Ernie. Mm, I believe I was having what one might call a fever dream. Have you ever had a fever dream, Falk? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure, we all get those from, uh, from time to time. Must have been something along those lines. Falk, you know these holy rollers. They can speak in tongues and say all kinds of nonsensical things, can't you? And I just kind of glare over at him. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know how to respond to that. (laughs) What were you saying about salt flats? There's salt flats we we have to cross, of course. Do you even know what they are? Of course I know what they are. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Well, contrary to the term, they're actually giant mountains that just come right up out of the ground. (laughs) 
the really, really tough to go over. We'll probably need a lot of rope. I'm gonna roll again. <laughs> I got an 18 on that one. I got a three. <laughs> You're starting to think that Falk may be fucking with you. You know, you got this inkling in the back of your mind that maybe. You boys know that oh, I could just leave you out here in the desert and let you die, right? <laughs> I just shut. I just shut up and ride in silence. I just like start whistling to myself and kind of looking up and around. One time when I was a little boy, I went to the show in Kensington. And the man had a little monkey that he trained to jump up and down and play with flowers. A lot of the time, you two fellas remind me of that little monkey. <laughs> okay, I'm good. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I knew where it was going and I still laughed that hard. <laughs> oh. I need everybody to make me a perception check except for Falk, who is going to make me one at disadvantage. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh fuck! My first 16. roll was a two, so yeah. I was I was thinking about that as I listened to the episode in the cave. Uh, I never specifically said I took my glasses back from uh, the nuisance, but I guess I am assuming I did. <laughs> yeah, you did. So you have advantage on your perception check, Tom. That's a 14. Igma? I got a 16. So you guys are riding along and you're conversing with each other. And you notice off to the right um, riding pretty hard because um, you could just see the dust kicking up from the, from the horse's hooves. But you can't really make out more than just like the, the black silhouettes of, of people. You would estimate that there's five of them and they're riding they're riding back towards Fillmore's Crossing um and you'd guess maybe they're maybe a half a mile away from you guys at this point um it was it was decently hard to spot but uh but yeah you're 100% sure that there are there are people riding hard towards Fillmore's Crossing like they're gonna pass us by or they're off in the distance they're off in the distance um like so, like, you guys are heading northeast currently, so they would be kind of heading towards your direction, but, like, west We're not from gonna... the direction that you're heading. Cool. We're not going to directly cross path. Or I'm not, not west, I'm sorry, east. Okay. Not directly, but they will get close enough that they'll probably see you, because you guys are out in a giant flat area, so there, it isn't like there's a ton of cover. We've got riders. Um, Tim, can we tell if they're human or not? Um, maybe when you get a little bit closer, you can make another perception check. Your check was not uh, good enough to okay. to be able to make out. You know they're humanoid. You uh -huh. don't think they're orcs because they don't look big enough. But mm. beyond that, you can't really tell what uh, what race of creature they would be. Okay. What do you guys want to do? What do you recommend, oh guide? I reckon pick up the pace, and the farther we can get, the farther we can get away from if we have to. 
You think they could be hostile? I can't tell what they are. I suppose it's possible, and this is not the kind of area you want to get into a fight in. What's our what's our terrain like, Tim? It's very flat. There's uh there's a few um like little scrub brush bushes and cacti every so often, but I mean there is not a whole lot for cover mm. other than you know what I mean, like a few rocks here and there as well. But it's very flat for the most part. Like you can see the mountains off in the distance that you guys are currently riding towards, but this is a very flat, uh very desert type area. How well is sound traveling? Pretty well. Um, why don't you give me a perception check? 18. Igmit, you I can give me 16. another one. Oh, shit. Yes, I will. Because oh, hearing, is... I should be able to do all right. Yeah, you don't have disadvantage on hearing. Oh, I just got a 7. <laughs> so everybody that got above a uh, 12 can hear... Um, they can hear those hoof beats. Um coming from the distance over mm-hmm. over the sound of your horse hooves because you guys haven't uh, picked up to a gallop or anything yet so this canter pace is like you can easily hear the the uh, the hard gallop over the sound of your own horses or mule in uh, Falk's case I have the ability to mute all of our sound that we're creating with our horse hooves but I can't obscure their vision well, I'd almost uh, rather them see us and and uh, come over here because, I mean, we don't want them going back to town without us there to defend it. I mean, sure, Elmo's got some men there, but, I mean, you know, they're a bunch of yahoos. So the town has a sheriff, a deputy, and then those guards. Is that about it? Yeah, the sheriff's in Kensington right now, but there's a deputy. And if you guys recall, there are some guards that do patrol the perimeter of the town as well. But oh, okay. nowhere near as many as uh, nowhere near as many as would be around the mansion, and they're definitely not anywhere near as well equipped. Because if you recall, the ones around the mansion, they have like those black overcoats and those black hats. The ones that are around Fillmore's Crossing itself are dressed in like your standard sort of garb that you see the citizens of Fillmore's Crossing in. Can we see how many riders there are? You think there's five. Three to five is not great odds, but perhaps we should approach them as a gesture of peace. What do you mean, peace? As I pull out my shotgun. (laughs) (laughs) I got a piece to show them. (laughs) (coughs) I don't care who they are, we gotta be ready for anything. Very well. I'll be following you. Alrighty. Um, I'll be following both of you, because I can't see shit. <laughs> can uh we roll to try and uh pick up the pace? Um maybe You don't have get... to roll for that. Um are you guys okay. going to charge directly at them then at full gallop? Uh sounded to I me think... like we were Yeah, kinda... yeah. Yeah, Donnie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just bolt out ahead on the donkey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm going in the right direction. <laughs> so yeah, Falka spurs Donnie ahead. and Actually, that's a good point. Give me... I'm going to give you a 10% chance that uh, you do not go in the right direction. High or low, Chris? Because it actually matters. Oh, uh, oh okay. Uh, I'll go with uh, high. 
Okay, you do go in the, so you guys see him spur Donnie and he kind of squirrels around in sort of like an S pattern for a second and then like manages to get himself, uh, heading in the correct bearing. But for a second there, you thought that he might just start charging off in the complete wrong direction. <laughs> what about y'all? What do you guys want to do? You have to account for these things when you're working with Falk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I just follow them both, and I kick my horse and beckon Boris to follow us. Yeah, Boris, uh, he pulls out his shotgun, and, uh, he spurs his horse on. He, like I said, he seems very, uh, very familiar with horsemanship, so. Boris is quickly becoming, like, my boy, you know? Like, (laughs) tagging along with me. Because poor Boris, I always forget that he's with us. <laughs> well, that's why when Bri- when uh, Tom was like, the odds don't seem that good. I was like four on five. I mean, that's not terrible. <laughs> I forgot about him. <laughs> I know. How can you I forget know. about Boris. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't sleep in the same room as me. I almost forgot about you too, Igmit. Oh well, he snores like a seven. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Wesley just got so dejected there, like. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so as you guys are charging, uh, forward, why don't you, Igmet specifically, give me a perception check? Everybody else, no thanks. Alright. Well, actually, everybody else you can, just with different, different things that you can figure out. Well, my first roll was a two again, so. (laughs) (laughs) Huzzah! At least I didn't end up rolling a one right after it. So what is, uh... Your result, Tom or Igmet? Um, I got a uh, eighteen, a dirty eighteen. Okay. And what did you get, Tom? I'm sorry, you cut out. A twenty-three. Oh shit! Okay. So, both Igmet and Tom, you guys can see uh, as you're getting in closer that um, three of the riders look very similar. In just the fact that they're wearing they're wearing vests made out of cowhide, um, and they've got just black button-up shirts and wide-brimmed brown hats and these red um, these red sashes around their waist. But the two people that are up front, one of them has on an English bowler. It's a it's like a dirty brown color. It uh, it looks very worn. He's also wearing a red sash, but he's got on a white leather vest and white leather chaps. And wow. they're very dusty from um, from riding, it would appear. His mustache is curled um, with wax. And uh, Igmet, you immediately recognize that man as Joe Moore. Oh, shit. <laughs> that some bitch. And obviously, uh, Tom, you have no idea who this is. And then uh, the other guy has on a wide black hat um, and a dark brown duster with a plaid vest under it, uh, red and black plaid specifically. Um, And he's got a bolt action rifle slung across his back. And they're riding they're riding directly towards you guys as well now at this point. Okay. well, and actually, um... Igmet. You see Joe Moore, he puts his reins in his teeth and pulls out both of his pistols. 
Alright, well, I, I have to grab one of my tomahawks. So I have my reins and shotgun in one hand and a tomahawk in the other, and I just bolt <laughs> right for him. Alright, I'm taking Alright, why don't basket. you give me an animal handling check? Alright. Are you going to announce that you even know who this is, or are you just going in to scalp him? No, they, they don't need context. I just gotta do what I gotta do. <laughs> Sixteen for your animal handling? Oh yeah. So you dig your spurs into your horse and it begins to pant heavily after uh you you urge it to pick up its pace even more. It starts to foam at the mouth as you also probably start to foam at the mouth, <laughs> charging towards this uh charging towards this band of uh of folk with your tomahawk brandished in one hand and your shotgun in the other. You, yeah. uh, I imagine you're also uulating, doing your, your war cry. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to have everybody roll initiative then. I got a 19. 13. Wow, a whole five. All right. Um, so I uulate again. I'm like, come here, you son of a bitch. What are y'all doing out here? And how, how far away are the boys behind me? They're not that far behind you at this point, because you just now, you know, spurred yourself into into a dash, basically, action. And so you're about to leave them in, in your dust, but for right now, let's say they're like 30 feet behind you, you've got another 150 or so before, right. you, uh, before you get up on these riders. Hmm. Can... I roll perception, see, like, if they have their guns out. Well, you know for a fact that Joe Moore does. Um, Joe, Joe Moore what, does. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and roll me a perception check, yeah. Okay. You, you're pretty sure that he must recognize you as well. Because just as you're not, fan of, or you're not fond of Joe Moore, Joe Moore is also not fond of you. I got a 14. Okay, you see that... Uh, that the people that are the ones in the cowhide vests the ones that are riding behind uh, Joe Moore and the other guy uh -huh. they they're kind of having trouble getting their lever action rifles out um, but the guy next to Joe Moore in the wide brimmed hat he has his bolt action rifle out and he is riding with no reins like a pro like, it, he already has his rifle shouldered and pointed towards you guys. Okay. And so what is the distance again? You guys are about 150 feet away. So, um, what, what's the so initiative Falk, order first. look like? You're oh, first, first Falk, right. so you get to go. <laughs> well, luckily my spells don't use my, uh, <laughs> my sight to work off of, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna shoot a fire bolt. Not a fireball, fire bolt. Um, and I'm actually going to, uh, increase the range on it using my meta magic. So 22 points of damage. Oh, wait, got to roll my, um, does firebolt, do you have to do an attack roll for that? It, I do the, uh, spell attack. So, uh, 12 plus seven. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That hits. And it was uh 22 damage on it. Which one are you going for? I'm going right for, uh, for for Joey boy there. Okay. So 
you see Joe Moore, he's got both of his pistols in front of him and they're kind of bouncing with the, uh, with the rhythm of the horse and he's firing off shots that aren't really, you know, aimed or anything like that. So they're not coming anywhere near you guys, but your, you level your pistol and it glows with that red energy for a second and you release out your firebolt and it starts screaming impossibly fast to towards Joe Moore and it explodes in his face and it actually blows his bowler off of his head and singes <laughs> a bunch of the, the hair on his face and stuff and his mustache is currently just like, like a bunch of um, that gross like burned stubble look, you know, when you burn like hair on your leg or something like that. Yeah. Like it's just a, <laughs> like just a smear across his, his upper lip. Also wanted this to go uncomfortably close uh, to Igmit since he had ridden out in front of us and I can't really see. <laughs> oh yeah, Igmit, you definitely feel the heat off of this blast as it screams past you. Nice. And so that is going to bring us to the man with the wide-brimmed hat who I am just going to mention their name because it doesn't seem like you're going to do any talking with these people. And so this is friend of the show, Mark Baggio. <laughs> um, <laughs> he came all the way down. <laughs> Did you notice that I gave him a plaid vest? Because oh. it's Mark Baggio and he's Canadian. Nice. Um, but he is going to... He's going to spur his horse forward. I'm going to make an animal handling. Oh, yeah. We got to kill and this guy he before he going... starts talking about the Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's his most dangerous weapon. So, Igmet, does a 16 hit your armor class? Um, yes, I'm 15. Okay. So, you see Mark levels his rifle and with extreme skill like he does not take very long to aim this shot at all he levels his rifle pulls the trigger after a short breath and igma you take you take 14 points of piercing damage as uh as this rifle rifle shot rips off a, a part of your shoulder and tears a hole in the where the where the seam is uh on your sleeve 14 okay all right, and then do I act next? Uh, no. Or yeah, yeah, you are next. You're right after uh, Mark, and so he Mark is actually closer to you right now. So uh -huh. he is about a hundred feet away from you because he kind of basically what he did is he veered off to the left a little bit. So you're right and lined up that shot on you, and so you could charge directly at him, and you would get close enough to him with a tomahawk uh, swing on the back of your horse, but Joe Moore is too far away for you to charge in with your horse. Yes, I will um, direct my charge at him with the tomahawk. Okay, so you spur your horse uh, towards uh, Mark's direction, and why don't you go ahead and make me an attack roll? Okay. Oh my god. One. <laughs> All right. So, Igma, you, you've got your horse going. It's frothing at the mouth and breathing heavily. And right as you are about to get in close enough for a swing, you wrench your uh, arm back and, and get it into a swinging motion. And right then and there, all of your horse's momentum stops. 
and you begin to fly forward without your horse. And you still try and swing at Mark at the same time, but you're flailing through the air and it's just not working the way that you would hope it would. And mm-hmm. you crash into um, into Mark and kind of roll off the side. You take one point of bludgeoning damage as you fall next to uh, Mark's horse's feet and your ah. horse immediately starts to... Uh, continue its charge uh, away from where you guys are currently uh, at. Damn. Well, you were a badass last episode. It had to end sometime. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that the horse got a um, a foot stuck in a gopher hole or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why I hate prairie dogs. Right. You're up, Tom. Um, I'm going, as I'm riding up, I'm going to kind of duck behind the neck of my horse and I'm going to say, Ernie, hinder these riders. And I cast Bane at a second level on four of them. So they have to roll. How, uh, Mm -hmm. okay, cool. Uh, is it wisdom, charisma, does it say? Uh, all four have to make charisma checks. Awesome, cool, thank you. And then if you fail, it's a d4 and subtract that from your attack or saving throw. All right, so what's your DC? 15. Joe Moore saves, one of the bandits save, and then the other two do not. So for up to one minute, they are negative. Negative whatever you roll on. All right. Six rounds. That's a pretty long time. Uh, That's going to bring us to Joe Moore, who is going to... He's going to charge his horse uh, towards where Igmet is on the ground. Mm Mm-hmm. And he is going to rear his horse back and try and get it to stomp on you, Igmet. Oh, that bastard. And you said your armor class was 15? Mm-hmm. All right. So you're going to take eight points of bludgeoning damage as <clears throat> as the horse hooves. Uh, only one of them connects with your leg, but it manages to pinch some of your flesh in a, in a way that creates a giant blood bruise. Like, you can already feel the blood pooling beneath your skin. And it smarts greatly, but it doesn't damage anything permanently. Okay. And then that's going to bring us to our bandits who are going to charge at Falk and Tom. So we've got three rifle shots. What's your AC, Tom? 18. Oh, yeah, that still definitely doesn't hit. What's yours, Falk? 16. Okay, so, yeah, um... So these three riders all spur their horses towards you guys, and uh, they've all got lever-action rifles out, and they take shots at all of you guys, and you can hear the bullets whiz past you, but none of them make any connection with either you or your horses. And so that's going to bring us back around to Falk. All right. Um, what's the, the distance between um, me and... Uh... So you are about 100 feet away from the Igmet, Mark, Baggio, uh, Joe Moore tussle, and you're about 50 feet away from the three bandits that are currently riding. Let's say they're within five feet of each other, and they're just kind of riding in like a V formation towards you guys. All right. Um, I'll take another uh, firebolt shot at, um, at Joe Moore. Okay. And that's 14 plus 7, so that's definitely a hit. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, um, eight times two, 16. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're right. Your, um, pistol 
Again, glows red for a second, and the bolt streaks out towards Joe Moore. And again, you singe more of, uh, of this time more in like his torso area. And so there's like this large black singe mark on that white leather vest. Um, <laughs> and he looks, uh, he looks hurt. And that's gonna bring us to Mark, who actually uh, looks down and assesses the situation with Igmet and Joe. And he spurs his horse on towards uh, Falk and Tom, and he's going to take a shot at you, Falk. Oh, and that's a critical hit. Oh. All right. So, Falk, you are going to take 22 points of piercing damage as this one connects... (laughs) This one connects, uh, like, right into your uh, hip area where you're where you're like the ball of your leg uh, connects into your hip joint and you can feel that it cracks against your bone. Uh, you don't think anything's broken, but you're bleeding fairly profusely and, and hurt pretty bad. Ah, God damn it. You all right? I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> Igmet, you're up. So you're on the ground right now and Joe Moore's horse is kind of like right up above you, so you're kind of like in between its legs, rolling around, trying to avoid these hoof falls. I still have all my weapons, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, I'm going to grab... Uh, well, I, I have my scatter gun, so I'm gonna shoot... Um, uh, the, I'm gonna shoot Joe Moore, uh, attempt to shoot him in the torso... Are you going to stand up first, or are you doing it from the ground? Uh, yes, if I can back away and stand up. All right, so standing up takes away half of your movement, um, but he doesn't have a melee oh. weapon on, so you can actually back up from him. So, yeah, you're about 15, like, you back up about 15 feet from uh, from Joe Moore, then. Okay, all right, and then you I... Can go ahead and take your shot. 13, does that hit? No, that does not. That doesn't hit. Shoot. All, All right. right. So you uh, you kind of roll out from underneath the hooves of this horse, and you get back to your feet, and you uh, start loading a couple of shells into your scatter gun as you're backing away, and you quickly try and raise up the gun to pull the trigger, and you just didn't take quite enough time to to aim properly, and you can see the BBs uh, create a gust of wind as they. Uh, as they streak past uh, Joe Moore's hair. Uh, and that brings us to you, Tom. So only uh, only, only Mark Baggio is coming after us, right? Directly? No, you have the three bandits that are currently riding directly towards you guys. Mark Baggio just kind of broke out of the scrum and moved about 10 feet away from where he was. Oh. And now he's just taking pot shots from a distance. So I've got three bandits coming after me and two of them, or one of them, have hindered dice... Uh, two of them have hindered dice, yes. Okay. I'm going to try to navigate my horse right up against faults. Parallel. Okay. Give me an animal handling check, please. 17. Oh, yeah, no problem. You are in the exact position that you want to be in. You're sure you're all right. I reach out and I hold him by the arm. And I say, uh, are you dizzy? Do you feel anything woozy or the world swirling around you? <laughs> uh, I guess a little more than normal. As I as I'm holding as I've grabbed onto his arm, I cast cure wounds 
and uh, he regains a number of hit points equal to 1d8, plus my spellcasting modifier. Um, but remember, you multiply it by 2. Why? All magic gets multiplied by 2. Okay. Oh, 7. Um, so, <laughs> 7 plus 4 times 2, so... Uh, That's 22 yeah, exactly. 22. Oh, wow, okay. You uh, like That's... got me right up to where I was. You'll be all right, buddy. <laughs> and I ride off. <laughs> Hang in there. All right, yeah, so you're about 10 feet away from him because you, uh, you used up a decent amount of mo- your movement getting in there and maneuvering yourself, so you guys are spread out enough that you're not going to get a spell that'll just get both of you, but not super far away either. Ah, thanks there, buddy. <laughs> Joe Moore is going to shoot his pistols at you, Igmet. And he is shooting very poorly. So he, uh, his horse is still bucking a little bit. Uh, Maybe it's nervous from the gunshots, or you're not really sure what's going on with that, but his his aim just seems to be a little bit off because he pulls both of the triggers in quick succession. um, And neither, you don't even hear the whistle of the bullet going past you. It seemed like they were so far off. Um, And then that's going to bring us to the bandits. Um, Miss. Miss. Dude, that's two fours in a row with that Bane. That's fucking... (laughs) I had a a 14 that becomes a 10, which makes it not a hit. And then I had a fucking 12, which became an 8, is also not a hit. (laughs) Oh, no worries, though. That 19 is going to hit you, Tom. Wonderful. Um, So... You are going to take 15 points of piercing damage. Yeah, it stings a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> Did you say 15? Yes, sir. Falk, you're up. All right. Um, so what, what's the distances here now? Where I'm at? Okay, so the, uh, the bandits are basically doing a maneuver. So they're moving to your left, their right, and they're kind of circling and shooting it f- from there. So they're about 30 feet away from you at this point. It doesn't look like they want to get too close. Well, I'm still going straight at um, at Joe Moore. Like, I haven't veered at all in this whole time because I can barely see. So, um, what's okay. the distance there? You are, you're within you're within like 40 feet of him. You're a little Um, bit closer to Mark, though. Mark is probably 25 feet away from you at this point. So, how how what's the full movement speed of the uh, the donkey per turn? Uh, The donkey is so a dash is 100 feet. Uh, Regular movement is 50. So 50. So um, (laughs) I run completely fast, everybody, and and I shoot. (laughs) But it's like completely past everybody. <laughs> Does that count as attack of opportunity? Uh, nobody has a melee weapon, so he's oh, I see. That. Good. I know how that but yeah, normally yes. If you run past somebody that has a melee weapon, that is an attack of opportunity. Okay. Um. So Falk, as you're riding past, the one thing that you do notice is that the man with the wide-brimmed hat has his rifle trained on you the entire time. And apparently that does him no good, because that's a four. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I kind of wanted it to be... Oh, well, so can we spin that four into where he, like, 
shoots at me as I'm going like right between him and one of the other people, so he ends up shooting his own guy. <laughs> I I for a natural one, I would allow that, but not on a Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he misses you and the bullet kind of whizzes past him and it looks like it also whizzes past uh Joe Moore, um just kind of from the angle. Uh Igmut, you're up. Okay. Um, I reload again and, um, aim for Joe Moore's torso once again, and I start hollering at him, my, you son of a bitch bandit with your inbred gang, what the hell are you doing around these parts? He, uh, he just points his pistols at you and smiles, and you can see the, uh, the gold tooth that replaced one of his canines, and... Why don't you make me a perception check? All right. 15. So he's got a, he actually has a sack, like a burlap sack attached to his horse. And it looks like there's maybe bricks or something, something rectangular that is, is causing this burlap sack to kind of bulge and, uh, and, and kind of create like this saddle kind of leans to one side with the weight of this burlap sack. Uh-huh. Right. You can go ahead and make your attack roll. Okay. 25. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and roll damage. Okay. Scattergun damage. Scattergun. Oh. 32. Okay. So, you pull the trigger, and the fire erupts from one of the barrels of your scattergun and it immediately rips into the upper right um, like pectoral and shoulder area and you see the Uh gun that's in that right hand immediately fall to the ground as his arm begins to just hang there by a sickening flap of skin and he immediately rolls off of the horse backwards you assume dead Okay. Tom, what would you like to do? Um, <laughs> I'm shooting back at the guy that just pegged me with my... Okay. Mm, how far away are we? He's about 30 feet from you. So as I'm riding up, I, I pull out my rifle and shoot at the guy that pegged me just now. Go ahead and take a shot. So that turns into a 19. That's a hit. And then for damage... Now I'm adding eight. I'm adding plus three to my total, right? On this. Yep. Yep. Not to each individual die, just whatever the total is plus three. All right. So I got 14 damage. Okay. So you peg this guy good in, in the torso, um, like right in the, right in the lower side belly area. And, uh, you see a, sh- a quick splash of blood kind of erupts from him. Um, and actually, all of those bandits, they, it, it seems as though they saw something happen over in the distance, kind of off to the right of where you're at, Tom. And they immediately holster their weapons and grab onto their reins and start riding hard in the opposite direction that, uh, that you are currently, like directly away from you. Yes. And Falk, it's your turn. All right. Um, so I'm still uh, like ten feet past uh, 
I guess now it's the dead body of um of Joe and then also uh Mark Baggio is still on his horse like right next to us. Yeah, he Mark Baggio is probably like 10 15 feet away from where Joe Moore is, but not that much further. So he's maybe 25 feet away from where you are. I could still hear what had happened uh behind me after I finally passed him and, and all that stuff happened with uh Igmit there. Um Oh hell yeah. I pull hard on the reins um to get Donnie to stop and then um I quickly turn towards um towards Mark Baggio and I cast a uh, suggestion and I tell him to drop your weapons on the ground. Target must make a wisdom saving throw and I have a DC 15. Do you see the picture I just sent? No. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hold on, it's gonna take. I've been rolling like trash this oh, natural twenty. Time. Fuck! Every time I try to cast a utility spell like that, it ends up fucking me. Which is funny because ev- literally every single time that Tom has cast hold person, it's worked. Yep. <laughs> and literally every time that you've tried to do something similar, it fails spectacularly. Which is funny to me. Um, Mark takes a good hard look at uh, you guys and he immediately spurs his horse in the opposite direction of you guys so he's basically so you've got three bandits heading one direction uh, which would basically be like north northwest and Mark Baggio is heading in like a, a due east direction and you guys were heading northeast towards the mines and mind you, a horse at full sprint is 120 feet. So, I mean, they, they get pretty far away pretty quickly. 120 feet per turn. Per turn. Okay. Unless you're on a donkey, and then it's just 100 feet per turn. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm definitely going to go uh, as far as I can go um, with that as soon as I see him fleeing the area. Well, it's just not your turn. It's my um, turn. Again. It's Igmet's turn. Igmet, go ahead. All right. So, um, Joe's on the ground, and um, I am just worked up into a hell of a fit. And uh, I run towards him, um, and I holster my scattergun, and I get both tomahawks in my hands, and I run up and kick him in the gut and look down, and what do I see? Um, as, as previously described, his, his arm is basically completely taken off of his body. There's a large chunk of, uh, his upper torso area that's missing kind of into his neck. And it's just a corpse when you kick it. He is dead. Okay. Well, um, I hack off his head, uh, (laughs) grab it by the hair. All right. Well, that's dark. Um, <laughs> so we got two men down. Uh, you've oh, got one. Down. You've Four got one away. down, and then everybody else is fleeing. Yep. Uh, look. I ride up to Igmet. Was that entirely necessary? You bit your ass. It was. Is here, and I hold up the head. Is the most vile man you'd ever meet in your life. Falk, it is. Uh, it is your turn. So you can go ahead and uh, and start chasing after Mark. Um, how far was he able to get on his turn? So he got 120 feet and he was 25 feet away from you. So he, uh, 
He's about 145 feet away from you at this point. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, why don't you have him make a dexterity saving throw? <laughs> oh, okay. Fireball. Yeah. So yeah, I, um, I hear him running away and then like I, I holster, um, my revolver, Samantha. And then from my back, I pull out Natasha, my rifle, and then, uh, whisper something secretly to it and then like raise it up to my shoulder. And even though I can't see very well, I, I have a very good idea that this is going to go exactly where it needs to go. And yes, I launch fireball. Uh, 14 doesn't save, I don't think, does it? Uh, no, I got a DC 15, so, um... Well, there you go. Yeah, and, uh, that's, uh, 31 times 2, so... (laughs) Uh, 62 damage. (laughs) Okay, so, you... Which, this is actually really funny. So, you see... The you see that small bead of fire start streaking towards uh, towards Mark on on his horse, and it starts to grow until it finally reaches him, and then it explodes in this giant fiery red glow, and you see that the horse is basically nothing but just singed flesh, but. As it's kind of rolling and stuff, you see uh, Mark begins to pull himself out from under this horse, and he begins to continue sprinting away from you, because his turn was actually next. Igbit? Alright, um, how far away did the horses get? Like, could I try and retrieve both Joe's and my horse? Joe's horse is not that far from where you're at, it's just kind of doing that, uh, that nervous canter step kind of close around where you're at currently. And your okay. horse didn't go that far. You know what I mean? Like it kept going for a little bit cause it was spooked, but okay. then it's training kicked in after it kind of calmed down. All right. Yeah. I, um, I just kind of let off some steam by running after the horses. Um, and I tie his head to my saddle. <laughs> that's, I think that's all for me for now tom oh he said he would be right back didn't he yeah yeah i heard him all say right that we'll, too. we'll go ahead and skip him then um falk what are you doing yeah i'll i'll exhaust my horse's uh full movement to get uh closer to mark did you use any movement last turn because it didn't sound like you did no i didn't I wanted to make oh, sure okay. that it was so, a, a nice and steady shot and plus i, I kind of thought i would one shot him <laughs> So he is about 105 feet in front of you then. All right. Yeah. I'll have uh, dashed for this turn. Yeah. That's, that's where, how far he is with you dashing. Cause you get a hundred right. feet of movement on Donnie. Oh, okay. And now I'm still a hundred feet away from him. You said 105. Yes. 105. Uh, I'll pull, um, I mean, actually, yeah, I'm not going to shoot at him this round. I'll, I'll, I'll try to get up next to him and. And stuff next turn. Okay. Yeah, he continues to run towards the horizon. You you don't even know what he would be running towards. Um, you do notice that his gait is a little bit off. Like, as you get kind of closer, you can tell that running is not necessarily an easy thing for this man. 
All right. So, um, ah, yeah, because Mark. Mic. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I'll I'll exhaust my full dash movement again to to get you know pretty close to him, and uh, I'll say, uh, yeah, you should have dropped your fucking weapon there. He uh, he turns around and because you you're right up on him now. Uh, he turns around and throws the bolt action into the sand and throws his hands up in the air. And he's like, now, now listen here, eh? I, that, that Joe Moore, he didn't explain everything that was going on here, eh? And so don't, don't be holding me responsible for everything that other people are telling me, you know, when I got bad information, eh? That sounds exactly like Mark. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing I have, uh... You know, handcuffs with me, even though we're out in the West here. Yeah, yeah, I would assume that that's like your standard issue type of thing. All right, I, uh, you know, get off of, uh, Donnie. Whoa, Donnie. And then I, uh, get off and I, uh, cuff him. Yeah, he doesn't put up any sort of a fight. Um, he looks really hurt. All right, um, yeah, now I, I just wait for, um, for my compatriots to, to catch up to us here. I don't think that they're planning on catching up to you. Are you guys? Are you guys just chilling nope. back where you were at? Because it seemed like that was what you were doing. Just, just staying there. Um, and when it's my turn, I guess. No, it's it's your. We're out of initiative now, guys. So you can. What, oh, are, you, okay. what are you and Tom doing? Um, is it okay if I search his horse uh, for weapons and um? looking into like a saddlebag and that bag you mentioned earlier you absolutely can why don't you go ahead and give me an investigation check so that's a dirty 20 okay so on Joe Moore and his horse because I'm assuming you're searching both correct mm-hmm yes okay so he has two six guns. Um, they're very well made and made with very nice materials, but it doesn't seem like there's anything particularly special about them. He uh -huh. has, uh, there's a scatter gun that is, um, that is on a, like a, like a large leather holster on the side of the horse. Um, you find what looks to be a journal. Um, it's uh -huh. just a book with a bunch of handwritten pages in it. Um, the last like 30 or so are, are blank and you find he's got 50 feet of rope. He has a couple mm -hmm. of oil lanterns as well. Um, and then they also have four sticks of dynamite Ooh. on that horse. And okay. then you open up that sack and inside of it is more gold bars than you have ever seen in your entire life. Oh yeah, boys. So um I take uh Mark and I um <laughs> uh throw him over uh, across the the back of the, the donkey there. Not to where he's like sitting up to where he's just kinda like laying across it. And um mm -hmm. then I uh you know grab Donnie by the by the reins and just um start walking with him. And and do you think I can tell where uh, we rode from? Where w would be the direction? Yeah, yeah, to... yeah, yeah. You can see oh, the okay. silhouettes over there. Um, you hear, you hear coming from Mark. Where are you gonna take me, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> I mean, I would. That's why I asked you. But 
I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna hold, withhold information, I guess I'm not gonna sit here and try and pressure you or nothing. <laughs> uh, why don't you just sit tight there, and uh, we'll we'll figure out someplace good for you. And um, I do make sure to stop and check that horse um, that um, I fireballed with him on it uh, on the way back to see if there was any valuables that um, that survived. There, um, so this one is like there isn't really any burlap left, but there is a large, um, just like all fused together, just ball of gold bars. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Like it's like uh, yeah. like heat welded together almost. All right. Well, if there's nothing that I can, do I have anything that I could fit them in, like on me or on Donnie? Um, why don't you go ahead and make me a strength check? Because it's not so much about fitting it into something, it's lifting it up to put it in something. Uh, I already tell you, it's not good. Um, I got no strength <laughs> modifier, <laughs> and I got a five. You can't even budge this thing. Like, you can roll it, but that's about it. All right, uh, so I'll just make sure that when I get back to, to them, I'll, I'll tell them about it to where we can come back for it. Okay. And I, I start just walking that way towards him. Yeah, you arrive. You you didn't get that far away, and you arrive fairly shortly. All right. If you've been enjoying LCP D&D and would like to support us, we would be honored to receive a review on iTunes or even the various other podcast platforms. If you so fancy, you can also support us by pledging any amount of money at patreon.com slash lostcontext. But regardless of what you do, we're happy to have you with us, and we would enjoy having you in our growing community on Twitter and Discord. Send us a message on any of our social media platforms and we can get you a Discord invite to our server. We hang out, post memes, talk about the podcast, and even run D&D campaigns some nights in which you could jump in and play with us. You can follow LCP D&D on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, as well as each of us individually. Tim Demuse, our Dungeon Master, is on Twitter as at Ida Grab Your Gun. Chris Riley, who plays Falk, is on Twitter as at Chris Riley LCP. Wesley Sullivan, who plays Igmet, is on Twitter as at Wide Wide West. And I, Brian Bridges, the player of Tom. I'm on Twitter as at ManlyBrian and Instagram as Brian underscore Bridges. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you on the next one.